What's up, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Roundup in 2024. It's the 3rd of January. This is a container of the Broom Radio. And if you're new to Roundup or you're new to the Broom Radio, I'll say in this context that the Broom is a spiritual community that's currently run out of the Discord server where a bunch of us have been doing a ton of individual and I'll say like collective refinement for a couple of years. And Roundup is one of many live sessions that we hold every week. There are many live sessions which take place in some of the lineage spaces that individual practitioners run within the broom. There are live sessions that take place as part of collectively run lineage spaces in the broom, like the Shari Yahweh. And Roundup is a weekly container where we get to talk synchronously about some of the asynchronous, mostly text-based conversations which happen in the Discord server, which we call the broom. And I guess I'll start by just asking people who have shown up for this this installation how has the broom been feeling how have you been feeling in the past week since the last container and i'll hold space and i'll also read out whatever happens in text <laughs> hello Hi everyone Hello. listening. <laughs> What's up guys? Um, yeah, I kind of wanted to um, report how the broom has been for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> it feels like it's been really, really popping in here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like there's a lot going on, um, of course, behind the scenes. But I also feel like our offerings calendar is really, really stacked. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, last week's roundup wasn't recorded, but mm. we talked a lot. It was a big container. Dang, why didn't we record that? Dang. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I trust. That we'll be fine. <laughs> Can you remind me about what we talked about? Yo, it went so vast. I can't. I really, I would do <laughs> such a poor job of trying to sum it up. <laughs> I'm going to try and zoom in. But I remember I was at this time last week, I was still in Bulgaria. And I agree with what you were saying about the broom popping off. Um, you know, I was looking through the pinned messages in the Roundup channel, which is kind of like, if you're not aware, that's kind of how we keep track of the things that we want to round up and round up, sort of. It's the working model of how we keep track of the things we're going to round up and round up. But I was just looking at the things in there, and I was just like, wow, that all happened within the last week. Huh? And then mm -hmm. I was also thinking about, well, like, over the last week we've been kind of like ambling through what is the 
most modern societies like a pretty busy like festive season i think is like the current politically correct way to refer to it including mm -hmm. new year's and i also was present for some of the containers over the new year's and also i have yet to catch up on some of the containers which relate to new year's energy so i was yeah. actually kind of hoping that some of y'all might want to talk about some of those for sure um but yeah uh i'm back in australia i i as some of y'all already know i left bulgaria on new year's eve i spent technically you know the beginning of the new year in doha qatar which is for me a horrible airport um and then i you know basically landed in australia on the evening of new year's day so it's been it's been a very tumultuous and transformative time for me as well um but you know like whether it's like the prognosis that or the prognoses that have come out of the broom regarding the new year or you know things i've heard that people have told me about prognoses from outside the broom i feel like 2024 feels like an epic year like for mystic people mm. to actually feel into and then probably an epic year for like people who are mystically challenged let's say <laughs> <laughs> to maybe not feel into but still experience but yeah i'm gonna read what adam said adam says i'm still catching up i feel like from the holiday time off that's that sounds like a nice politically correct way to talk about the holiday season um so i'm here to listen especially about what i've missed <laughs> oh this is mystically challenged i'm taking that with me i'm taking that with me too <laughs> like an app descriptor i feel <laughs> i'm like normies doesn't work but it's it's better than normies. I'm thinking about when I was like trying to play play basketball with like a a fourteen year old and like yeah. referring to myself as vertically challenged. Um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm holding space if anybody else wants to talk about um yeah, just like checking in before we move on to like pinned messages hot <laughs> <laughs> is muting to blow her nose so i'm gonna make the nose blowing sound in sympathy <laughs> Um, just so y'all know what's going on. I'm just imagining it. I'm not sure. More liquidy. Okay. I'm sure everybody's going to enjoy that sound. Um, cool. So if no one else wants to kind of check in, I guess, yeah, I kind of feel like just like touching upon like containers that happened in the last week and also like holding space to see if anybody wants to talk a little bit about what they've been integrating from the containers um i mean like the first thing that comes to mind for me chronologically as well as i don't know like however else you might describe the way my mind works is um 
I feel like the dojo container. Yeah, that's like probably the first group container after T that happens. Oh, that happened every week in December, except for the first week where I was also traveling from Australia to Bulgaria. But anyway, um, Dojo is a series which happens out of the 000 lineage space, which is a lineage space that I created so that I could, um, yeah, basically create an astral container for some of the things that I download from what I call my sky ancestors and um yeah like bring to earth in current time and it's basically a series that happens in march june september and december in coincidence with the equinoxes and the solstices which the meaning of that is still something that is to be revealed to me but um Last week was the final session, and in accordance with the emerging tradition of dojo, um, I like as the person who holds the container principally, I received energy work from an energy worker that I respect a lot, who maybe finished blowing her nose. Um, <laughs> but I finally uploaded the recording of that episode. <laughs> in the last couple of days while recovering from jet lag and learning how to receive from the people who have received me in Australia and who have given me a lot to help me anchor back in this space time. But yeah, I'm kind of curious if anybody wants to say anything about the last dojo container. Anna says, I watched the last episode last night. Thank you for watching Anna. Anna says it was nice to catch up. <laughs> if you don't have access, the thing is like, so Dojo is basically available to anybody who subscribes to zero, zero, zero. But then I post it publicly on my YouTube. And I don't think I posted that publicly within the broom. So if anybody's interested in watching, I will do that now. And it says, I loved how symbolic and like non-conceptual it was. There's so many things to look at on the internet. I don't begrudge anybody not looking at the stuff that I produce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't begrudge myself for not remembering to post all the things that I'm producing in all of the places that people might see them and then might be moved to see them watch them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here I go. Here I go. <clears throat> Internet is crazy. Um. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Yeah, I guess for me, like reflecting on Dojo. Um, dang, what do I even say? I mean, yes, I was the practitioner facilitating and it's weird cause it's like, well, number one, um, after dojo, I was kind of like, did I facilitate that session or did <laughs> like, 
spirit kind of like have a plan and like did spirit <laughs> like drop in that plan and then <laughs> did like you know it was i mean yeah like um non-conceptual and symbolic uh really hits the nail on the heart i think the way that anna said um but it also <laughs> felt like something like really familiar too like mm. i think one of the one of the things that I noticed you said when you were kind of like posting and marketing and like doing advertising around Dojo knows that you said that the style of energy work, which I really appreciated, like this is a reflection I can relate to. Um, you said that we were like kicking it old school. Um, mm -hmm. Oops, my bad. It wasn't marketing. No, no, just sharing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> free samples, everybody. Free samples, free samples. This is not fucking Trader Joe's, but anyway. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Trader Ming's. I'm Asian. <laughs> that was good. This is not Trader Ming's, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it felt like um, I don't know. It was it was mystical. It was kind of wacky. Um, but it was, it felt like, yeah, I really like the descriptor you offered that it was like, we were kicking it old school in that container, um, which to me reflects like that there were some pretty dank and ancient um, energies kind of coming up. I wouldn't even say to like be resolved because I feel like <clears throat> that kind Thank of has this connotation. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna make a stupid joke. I was gonna be like, thank you, because there's nothing for me to resolve. I am a completely and entirely enlightened being and nothing misaligned can flow through me. Just like Hanjo and Mandy. And Right. Yeah. But anyway, please keep please go on. <laughs> right. No, no, no. Of course. That's exactly what I was alluding to, you know? Um <laughs> and <laughs> but no, it felt like I mean honestly, no, like you and I drop some of the most outlandish kind of lore in the broom and i feel mm. like it was i don't know honestly part of me felt like relieved to actually like sit in a container with you to have other people witness and like just and i'm not saying like be weird as in like a throwaway but i feel like there was <laughs> this um yeah this sort of like resounding um comfort and familiarity in us kind of wading through what felt like obscure waters, but also like mm. waters that we're probably used to swimming in. So it was like, it was really nice. It was really nice for me. That's well put for me. I'm gonna read a little bit of what um, people said before I go on and talk for too long. But um, <laughs> Anna said, yeah, I mean, I think you kind of read it out, Anna said, I loved how symbolic and like non-conceptual it was. <laughs> Would love to be able to practice like that at some point. Hashtag goals, LOL. Sound plus images plus movement. It was a really rich tapestry and y'all were flowing. And it did feel familiar as well. That's a really nice reflection. Um, yeah, no, I think Adam kind of reflected on some of the descriptors you were using, Hoda, which it's really like affirming for me because I feel like even after, like I echo what you were saying about, I think in this lifetime, you and I have definitely like worked in that way before where it's just like, yeah, okay. 
let's open a portal and then see what happens. And then it was familiar because it's, it's been a while since we've done stuff like that. Like even in my private work, I feel like I've been much more legible by my standards <laughs> um, than that. And yeah, it felt really comforting just to be, I'll say like to be held and to hold that kind of space where it didn't feel like a whole lot had to be explained or the stuff that had to be explained didn't need this kind of like, what I'll say, like denser matrix um, undergirding. Um, and then I'll also echo what you said about this kind of, like, was I holding the container? I mean, I know I wasn't holding the container entirely, but I feel like what you said about kind of, yeah, I guess like, being moved through it by like a vaster self i feel like is often how i do this kind of work and i would argue that in many ancient traditions this is sort of like the only way the work happened you know as opposed to sort of leaning on some kind of like earth text based or you know like earth lineage doctrine um and the other thing I'll say is like, it felt familiar for me in that sense too, because I felt like probably many of our sky ancestors, or what I call sky ancestors, have worked that way before um, or in the future. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Sounds about right. No, thank you for reflecting that. <laughs> but I definitely felt like you were offering energy work to me. Um, mm. Even though I feel like in that portal, maybe there were offerings from like all of our ancestors. Um, yeah. yeah. I think it was really like your, your initiation of that portal. And mm. um, yeah, like stepping up in the role of like the practitioner, I guess. It's it's, it's kind of weird, but hopefully you feel me. I do, yeah. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> and it says, it felt like y'all were coming up for air or something. Definitely. Mm -hmm. mm. What's up, Annie? What's up, Tiv? Um, hey, Tiff. Last time, yeah, Dara, that's fine. Hold on, yeah. typing, so I'm gonna hold space for a while. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess, like, while I'm waiting, I'll just say that yes, the link is in the 000 channel and like all over too many different social media platforms if you, know, you can like DM me if you want to watch it and not just listen to us describing it. Um, secondly, I'll say that I think even if you weren't in the so-called like dojo ring receiving the energy work, quote unquote, there are many offerings which are inside that container outside of y'all's fields if you want to pick up on them. And then thirdly, I guess I'll say that um, apart from the stuff that pertained directly to what was happening to my field in that container, we also talked about 
Like, what does it mean when we talk about like avian consciousness? Like, are we literally talking about the birds on Earth as if they're extraterrestrials? Uh, TLDR, the answer is no, but I think we go into a little bit more in that container. We also talk about octopi consciousness and Venus consciousness. And. Oh, we talked a shit ton about different lineages which came out of like the subcontinent and it's interesting right because i feel like when we've talked about avian consciousness in the room it's felt um kind of fringe and in the past at least um but one thing I did notice was like after Dojo, um, yeah, I definitely want to hold space for Archetypal Hour. That that avian <laughs> lore did did kind of surface in Archetypal Hour, speaking of it. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I think some of that lore is also, um, what do I want to say about it? I'm not sure what I want to say about it yet, but... I am kind of glad that it did surface and I'm I'm also glad that you said that there's a little bit of a distinction because I do remember you saying it in dojo between like avian consciousness from a cosmic or like sort of vaster mm. perspective and then like birds which we see like every day so it's like mm-hmm. and I think that you referenced it in relation to octopi consciousness that it's not exactly the same as like octopi on earth um so that was that was a very clarifying distinction for me and also i think one other thing that you said to yeah like regarding different type of earth history and lineages mm-hmm. and the space that they take up in the earth's akash um it's like i, I don't know if enough people talk about that <laughs> and i don't know <laughs> if there's enough lore around it that doesn't like directly just like unground people and like fuck up their trajectory so i feel like i feel like also i'm glad that it came up because it's something that i think um both the way that you've been guided to talk about it and the way that i'm sometimes guided to talk about it is um they do feel like breadcrumbs uh that kind of draw people's awareness to like a larger point Right. And like not mm-hmm. t- to I don't know if it necessarily helps people understand what we mean more. But I also feel like um, the things that were like kind of obscuring those Akashas and the, those different pieces of human intelligence for people feel like they kind of got dissolved in that container mm. as well. Um, mm. And I remember telling like kind of like blasting it on social media yesterday. I'm like, if you're one of my like woo internet cousins, like we relate (laughs) on like woo stuff, I highly suggest you watch this because yeah, (laughs) it was, it was dank. (laughs) I'm not just tooting my own horn, but I do feel like, um, yeah, there was um, some sort of vaster perspective contributing to that container that was, that was a little far out, but I appreciate it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was a good way to start off, like, the broom week, I guess. 
just mm-hmm. some like good old fashioned super wacky woo stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're so good at it. <laughs> we definitely do it a lot. Oh, that <laughs> practice. <laughs> that part. <laughs> Holy shit! So that same day we had well the Sharia read aloud. Oh my god! And we did our first open tending call, which. We've been talking about for a while. I mean, so like regarding the Sharia way read aloud, I mean, I think like that book club is super dank. Um, I think it's like really funny how often the conversation is only like, it's like so tenuously perpendicular to what we've been reading, but it also feels like super related. And I'll mm. also say that like the themes of the mysticism of sound and music the Sufi teachings of Hazrat Inayat Khan by Hazrat Inayat Khan out of Shambhala Press. I feel like <laughs> those teachings have been like rippling through like all of my awareness and not just like mm-hmm. in those discussions. Um, I don't know if there's anything else that anybody else wants to say about that book club in general or that read aloud session specifically. Um, but I mean, the open tending call is something that we've been talking about doing for quite a while, which felt really good to do and also mm-hmm. felt super productive. But yeah, I guess I feel like, I mean, in case you're not already aware, the broom has like a pretty open governance structure where like structural changes and basically most changes to the way the broom is run are voted on and executed on by people who were nominated or self-nominated to positions of governance and voted in by other people who already had the roles that they were being nominated for. I feel like at some point we may end up opening up nomination even more. Like right now, anybody can nominate themselves for any role, but we and you could like technically make a vote to get somebody out of a role but i don't know that's kind of the model of governance we have and i feel like in general it's really good for people to be able to see how governance works and also witness the work that's going into cultivating a container especially within a community which could be categorized as a spiritual community where I feel like there is so much abuse of power which kind of goes unchecked because often the people who run those communities have mysterious connections to what they call the divine and people who are in those communities are like oh this people this person seems like they believe what they're talking about and they don't question it too much but i feel like in the broom we have many many people who feel like they have like really refined connections to divine and i don't know i'm like guided pretty strongly often to cut off my own nose to spite my face in order to like try and make sure that the broom is openly governed and like about as cult proof as like any of us can muster it to be. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of curious if anybody has anything to say about the tending call. I mean, the last time Annie was in the minaret, like in the radio station, I think was that tending call. And um, 
it was fun to watch Annie and Podrock scrap over the Keurig. Um, (laughs) 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 The Keurig is a sensitive subject. I feel like every subject in the room is quite sensitive, but I also don't like using the word subject to talk about um, being because the etymology of the word subject kind of feels like it relates to people who are not completely suffering. Um, (laughs) I think there are a lot of sensitive beings in the broom and a lot of people who are cultivating that sensitivity so it can be like a skill and not just something that makes us feel like some contexts are difficult to handle. Tiff says, I appreciate those efforts in in response to the thing about trying to cult proof the broom. Um, <laughs> still bantering about the curing banter. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you for mentioning. I mean, so this is like one of those things which is just like, dang, have we really done this much in the last week? But Podrock says, since Tal already found us, LOL, might be worth mentioning. We have reached out with a few small dendrites and linked into a great Fediverse vehicle called Mastodon. Does everybody know what the Fediverse is or what Mastodon is? Or does anybody want to hear Podrock clarify? Anyway, I'll keep reading. Accessible from HTTPS colon slash slash the broom dot US and it's still a work in progress, but it feels pretty cool and like a big symbolic step. <laughs> Do you want to say a bit more about the Fediverse and Mastodon and social media and all that kind of stuff, Todd? Are y'all, uh, can y'all hear me okay? Yeah, there's a little bit of like a, a fan noise <laughs> or a buzz. I'm, I'm in a data center. Hang on. Let me see if I can. I'm in a data center. It's like being in the mind. 2023. Hopefully safer though. That happened this week? Holy shit. And he says, this week feels like a time warp. Even more so for me than it does most years. And then, like, I've kind of been discounting it a little bit, like, my own experience of it because I moved country, but... um it's kind of affirming to see how other people are talking about it, including you. I've definitely not seen anybody say like, oh, like this holiday season is the same as every holiday season I've ever experienced. I think most people kind of get this sense of like pretty yeah, I think most people I've spoken to have kind of gotten this sense of like the holiday season being pretty tumultuous and heavy energetically, and then just sort of 
accelerating very, very quickly over the new year. <laughs> hmm. Rock's typing. Oh, I can barely hear myself. Apologies. Here is a quote. I'm going to read it out. The Fediverse is an ensemble of social networks which can communicate with each other while remaining independent platforms. This is a quote from Talamot. Um, Talamot wrote a blog post called Pirate Ship Social Media. That was very intelligent of you to quote from that blog post, I feel like, Bob. Um, do you want to summarize anything else from that blog post? Because now that I think about it, I think it's a pretty good summary of, um, yeah, a few different arguments for learning how to navigate the Fediverse. I mean, I think one of the, the points that Tal makes, which I think is very true, is that I don't think most people necessarily spend a lot of time thinking about what would happen if um, social media or the social media platforms that they're investing a lot of their awareness in, maybe creating a lot of content on, got taken over by people who are erratic and untrustworthy and what that might mean for their online social lives and their social lives including on and offline i mean i think that there have been several kind of seismic moves that have happened in the social media landscape recently i'll just say like um you know elon musk taking over twitter and operating it in ways which I'd say it's fair to say that a lot of people aren't completely okay with. Um, I think that there's been a lot of like seismic activity downstream of that because even though not a lot of people personally have Twitter accounts or read Twitter or post on Twitter, I would say that most of the mainstream news media gets a lot of and propagates a lot of its perspective on Twitter. And... Um, I would say in some ways Twitter slash X has always been sort of like a leading indicator of what's going to become mainstream like three or four years down the line. Um, and I guess like if you need any more evidence to substantiate the claim that Twitter is influential, then I would say that the amount of controversy around government efforts to censor what is allowed to be seen on Twitter probably only happen because at least the government tends to think that Twitter is influential. And then you can also extend that purview to the range of governments that are not American, which also seek to influence public opinion on Twitter. But anyway, I'd say that Twitter being taken over by Elon Musk is pretty seismic intervention. It led to, I'd say, the opportunistic creation of threads, which is a Twitter-based or Twitter-cloned um meta or you know facebook instagram equivalent um it led to the creation of several other clones like blue sky and pebble mastodon was already there but i'd say mastodon received an influx of interest in users and threads has you know launched a 
plan to roll out support for interoperability with Mastodon. Um, I'd say in anticipation of a further disintegration of the Twitter user base and increased interest in decentralized social media. And um, yeah, I'd say that the fact that Mastodon servers are separately owned and operated means that theoretically it's possible to be a lot closer and exert more influence on the people that administer the platform upon which you socialize online and possibly create content. And I think as the collective media landscape continues to shift and I want to say bubble and solidify, the importance of this will probably become more obvious, not only to me, but to a lot of people. Um, does anybody else want to say anything about, I mean, we talk mostly about the Fediverse at a general level. Does anybody want to say anything about that or the broom launching a Mastodon instance and what that might mean? Or does anybody have any questions? I was talking for a while again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there was another why I like this container where I broke down my perspective of the karma of money and what the benefits of doing inner work or alchemical work or shadow work around money karma can be and what that can look like. Um, <laughs> We already kind of touched upon the Sharia Wave Book Club, which happened on Saturday night. I guess I'm kind of curious if anybody wants to bring me up to speed or anybody else up to speed on the archetypal episode that happened on New Year's Eve, because I only just started listening to that. I can speak a little bit to that. Um, and I think I just saw Oda have to <laughs> step off. So yeah, this is Adam. Um, and for those that have not heard my voice, um, I host a container called Archetypal Hour every Sunday. Right now it's 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, this, yeah, we use this space to talk a little bit about the new year and both sort of archetypes around the new year, but also sort of as always with that container archetypes that are presence in our field that seem helpful or useful or um, in, in some way communicating to us. Um, and so I, I'm trying to think of what some of the bigger things, and I, I think once Hoda comes back, if she has more to add or Tiff or Lexi, please add. Um, but some of the things in the beginning, we started a little bit about the sort of archetype of Saturn and Saturn energy, uh, because a lot of astrologers, numerologists online were talking about 2024 as an eight year, which they associate with Saturn. So we talked a little bit about working and what that means to like build something and put in the work um, that's required a little bit. Um, and then we talked a bit about some of the things that were present in 
our field. And it did seem like a lot of us, at least from that were on that in that container, were feeling into the energy of like there was some great refinement, some things that were really needed to happen that were happening in our lives this last year, and that this year feels like it has some real juice to being more of a building, more of a solidifying some of those things that were integrated or learned or that we took with us in the last year. At least that was sort of my general sense of what mm. folks were saying in the container. Um, and there was some really cool, fruitful conversation also and fun. Like we always try to be fun and we talk about a lot of fiction too, because the fictional archetypes have a lot to say about sort of the archetypes that are coming from, um, you know, more traditional lineages um, such as religion mm. or, or mythology and these things. Um, mm. But there was some cool, there was some cool conversation about like this idea of like kind of rewriting, um, rewriting destiny was a phrase that, that Hoda brought up, which I thought was really cool. Um, and yeah. And, and she had mentioned that was something that was really like a big part of, of her work in the beginning. And so that kind of came back up in this container. And then I talked a little bit about N Nobu. I, I couldn't remember the details, but something about the conversation that you and I had, had <laughs> I mentioned that what was in my field was a lot of like the Western sort of what's the, what are the archetypes that are sort of undergirding Western uh, thinking? And I think that's partly why I've been so drawn to the ancient Greek stuff lately. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm really seeing how the ancient Greek stuff is complementing the Christian lineage that I was really familiar with in sort of mm. foundational astrally of a lot of Western thought. And we talked a little mm -hmm. bit, and again, I felt a little bit like you mentioned earlier that some people in the the room are really, really wonderfully refined in terms of their integrative. I kind of admit in this container, like I am not as far along. So my <laughs> sort of what might be conjecture of what might be gnosis, I can't really tell the difference at this point. So I just sort of transmit and see what aligns. <laughs> and so I, there's a nice diversity with the, the broom. Um, and yeah. I, I, I like to think of myself as holding down that space. <laughs> I feel like we're um, building anyway, a very long bridge and we need a lot yes. of different people who have different modes of access to the divine and to, to earth. Yeah, but go on, please. I'm sorry. No, I think, I think that that's helpful. And I think like, I think it's helpful for me. And it's funny, there's a little, one of the things that came up was audacity and caucasity, which you had talked about, like <laughs> this unique brand of audacity related to Caucasian upbringing <laughs> and white privilege. Um, and I was talking a little bit about that caucasity. Maybe that caucasity is what helped me create a container, even though I'm not as far along on this process. So maybe that's well, sort of there to say, hey, if this ridiculous yeah. fool can do it, please think about creating a space. If you're feeling any conviction on the broom, please okay. talk to talk about it um, and take I, that. I'm chance. really glad you created that container. I mean, and I think it's like a, it's an immensely valuable portal for me to be honest <laughs> well i'm very grateful for that and the opportunity and uh for people to affirm this ridiculous audacity that's coming up <laughs> but uh it, but hopefully I, I think in the container i talked a little bit personally <laughs> about like a you know, a like taking that car and putting it towards an end that <laughs> sort of can help maybe alleviate some of the harm of caucasity which is you know what would it look like the audacity to to add new chapters to the sort of ancient greek um 
in terms of like actually culture, uh, what that might look like for me if I step into ancient Greece this year. What do you New maybe undergrad or lay at a foundation that people aren't maybe even aware of. Um, yeah, and so that was, and one of the, like, as an example, one of them was like, yeah, like, Zeus is still sort of in charge as far as the mythology. What does it look like if Zeus gives up his throne? Like, what does that look like from a narrative basis? And who might be some successors? So that, that was an example. So I'm, I'm kind of going on longer than I meant to, but um, there was some really cool stuff that, that both Tiff and Hoda were really bringing in, and Lexi as well, about rewriting and like what that looks like to look at traditions and be afraid to maybe take the traditions uh, and have a loving respect towards them but also say like hey i I can maybe play a role in rewriting or writing new narratives at an astral level which does you know have this connection with what ends up coming in the material so that's all i have to say but if anyone else has something they want to add please do I want to reflect a little bit because there was a little bit, I think, where like your audio wasn't coming clear for me and then I think a, a few other people as well. Um, but I think that's okay and I don't want to ask you to repeat yourself. Um, I think like what you were saying about remembering lineages or I, well, I call it remembering and some of us call it remembering. Um, yeah, I'd say that, you know, as we've kind of talked about in Archetypal L before, and we talk about sometimes in other containers too, it's like, I think that like, we've always been at the mercy of the vocabularies that we, and the experiences that we have available to us when it comes to articulating what we receive from the divine. And I think the range of experiences that people are able to have in current time are much richer and more diverse, and also sometimes a lot more painful than the experiences that our ancestors had and the vocabulary that they used to describe those experiences and the vocabulary that they had available to them to describe their experience of the divine. So it only makes sense to me as we advance, not only like technologically and scientifically, but also mythologically and experientially that we revisit these lineages and like you say, have the opportunity to rewrite them. I feel like Adam says that was probably helpful interference. I mean, it's my intention to make any kind of spiritual interference helpful for me, but I appreciate you saying that. Um, Heather says, yes, we need new myths. I guess the other thing I want to reflect is that it's really interesting that you brought up Zeus in particular, because like right before I kind of got on this call, or the call before this call, I felt cold <laughs> to go outside and make a tobacco offering. And, you know, as usual, I just kind of like orient towards something. And then I found myself looking at what I assumed to be Jupiter and turned out to be Jupiter, um, which of course, like, you know, Zeus is said to be the planetary deity of Jupiter. So, and I, I will say that I also felt earlier that there was some interference which related to accepting some of the karma of Zeus um, in order to harmonize it and I would say like compost it so that some of the soil of Zeus could be of use to like my vessel and and the cosmos in general. Um, So I'm really glad that you brought that in and the synchronicity is kind of 
It's very interesting to me. And I'm still going to listen to the rest of that container because I feel guided to. Um. <laughs> I, I just want to interject real quick or not interject the ad that like, wow, thank you for sharing that sync. And I also just want to share it. Actually, I forget which container it was, but another broom container on radio, it came up like this sort of discomfort <laughs> with Zeus and the affiliation <laughs> with Jupiter planetary energy. Uh, so I just think that's mm. really funny. I think I, I mean I, I'll take responsibility for shitting on Jupiterian energy quite a bit, <laughs> but I also shit on my I, sh I shit on my own lineage quite a lot. Yeah, I feel, but I think that's part of the rewriting process. <laughs> I was just talking today or yesterday to somebody about how sometimes my ancestors it's like yes they are very resilient and yes they've had to deal with a lot but also i feel like they're overly rough in a lot of different contexts <laughs> i'm gonna read what tiff said along with the new myths we talked about exploring our old myths to understand their underlying purpose reevaluating the value of those purposes and, and incorporating them into new myths thank you i like how you broke that down we're not just like rewriting for fun. I think yes, yeah, like connecting with the underlying purpose. I guess like also reevaluating the value of those purposes. This is quite the breakdown, and then incorporating them into new minutes. So it's like a fourth step process. I appreciate that breakdown. <laughs> Adam and I talking about, I feel like Adam and I have a lot of polarity when it comes to like how much we like the sun and how much we like Jupiter. <laughs> but I appreciate the banter. Oh. <laughs> mm. oh, I was quoting Loki from, I think, a dramatization of the story of Loki, which is available on current time TV, which is also called Loki. But the quote is, Glorious purpose. Wow. <laughs> so somebody has to go hard for the diurnal sect. That's true because I've been singing the praises of Luna, like living according to lunar cycles. <laughs> I share your optimism most of the time, Adam, that these, uh, I'll say like, yeah, kind of like yang masculine coded deities can turn that shit around i'm not one of the spiritualists who feels like we should all just like turn you know unequivocally towards goddess worship i feel like all kinds of polarities can be generative Ooh, some people need to talk about loki burdened with glorious purpose is the full quote my heart <laughs> I feel like it's so interesting to read that quote because I feel like it's pretty common, I'd say, in spiritual circles, inside and outside the broom, to talk about the dangers of, say, savior complexes or, yeah, maybe like wounded healer type complexes or egregores around being a quote empath, unquote. 
but that's not to say that I can't resonate a little bit with this idea of being burdened with what feels like glorious purpose. Or, you know, like in more terrestrial terms, just wondering why the hell I've been called to do so many things which look kind of erratic from the perspective of like the normative matrix. And also why the hell they tend to fill me with so much joy and improve all of my relationships and also improve my capacity to ground really big physical and metaphysical changes. Man, maybe we need like a low-key club or something. I might need to check that out. <clears throat> um, well, I mean, we haven't even finished like summarizing all the containers, which kind of brought us up to speed with current time. But I mean, I'd say like, I think the first container of the new year, at least by US time, was field tuning. And I guess I'm kind of holding space if anybody wants to talk about field tuning in 2024. This is the most actual roundup y roundup I think we've actually had <laughs> where we actually summarize what's been going on. And we're talking about people crying about Loki. Okay, sorry, go on. No, yeah, it was super intense. I would love to stream it with y'all. Um, no, maybe that's for later. But yeah, Phil Tuning. <laughs> Phil Tuna. It was that was a big <laughs> container. Um yeah, I disagree. Guess, <laughs> um, I guess I'm holding space. I'm curious. Um how the container was for y'all as like participants and also like um maybe it's not obvious but also like obviously uh as people who are like holding the container with me mm -hmm. um and the the recording is up on the broom podcast of field tuning um and then the corresponding links are all in my sub stack uh called mm -hmm. liminal worlds so mm -hmm. I just welcome any way that folks have a chance to access it to do so. But yeah, I'm curious um, how it was for y'all kind of just sitting in that divination space um, and curious what uh, flowed forth. I mean, well, I've talked a lot, but I'll say that the overall frame for me kind of felt like an introduction to some of the energies that are kind of flowing in the beginning of this like you know gregorian calendar year which will kind of like assist us towards the beginning of the new lunar new year which starts february 10th mm -hmm. which marks the year of the dragon in the chinese zodiac and i guess i felt like what was kind of alive for me was you know given like the transformation i've touched lightly upon in my own life like you know something that came up in one of the cards about um yeah like discerning when you're being led somewhere by a heart versus 
perhaps running away from something or avoiding something out of fear. Mm. Um, and then I felt like there was also some stuff that came up around connecting the heart to the upper chakras via a fuller and more refined expression of the higher heart. Mm-hmm. And I think that you start, well, you touched upon this as I started to listen to the archetypal hour recording. I feel that, um, yeah, what it means to like anchor the immaterial in the material and how the higher heart plays into that. I'm curious if you want to say more about that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for pointing us there. Cause um, sometimes it's like difficult to like translate those somatic cues when like the medium is just like symbols and like cards on a picture. But I also <laughs> feel like, <laughs> oh yeah, there's like some part of field tuning that's like transmission based. Um, and I'll say for myself personally, like one of the things that I put into f- uh, field tuning as like a, or like offered to field tuning as a, point of refinement was this interplay between the etheric realm and how our body interacts with the etheric realm and then the astral realm and how our body interacts and our body of intelligence, I'll say, interacts um, with the astral realm. And I think, yeah, we kind of like pointed to the higher heart as the place where those two dimensionalities meet. And like mm-hmm. how the coherence or like the lack of coherence in those two two realities along with the perpendicular <laughs> perpendicularity of the material reality um, <laughs> can kind of speak to, I think what a lot of people call alignment. Like when people are like, yeah, that aligns. It's, or at least <laughs> for me, I'm not like saying like, yeah, that aligns. I'm saying that like etherically, there's like a felt sense in my body that's like, whoa, this is aligning with stuff I've been thinking about, things I've been feeling. And then there's this astral reality where it's like my imaginal, um, both rational and irrational ideas um, feel that alignment. And like, for me, it's it actually occurs as like seeing timelines where whatever I'm saying is aligning actually like moves me forward or other people forward or, um has like a richer soil for for folks to sort of investigate whatever kind of internal process they're in so for me it's like it's also like i was kind of i felt like in field tuning unsticking or maybe like (laughs) adding more density to the idea of new earth and how like Mm -hmm. new earth is not like an abstract place to go which i know enough people say but that it's actually this um marriage i'll say of like realities and densities which we call the ethers which we call the astral and which we know is the material so Mm. it's interesting because again it's like a divinatory reading but it's also like yeah i felt like yeah exactly that metaphysical anatomy feels important to also understand whenever there is like a divination at at hand and so Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm curious how this yeah, like how does the idea of new earth from the perspective that I offered um land for y'all and also 
I do want to go back to what you said about the Lunar New Year because that also came up in fuel tuning. So that feels important as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope whoever was listening was taking notes because I felt like the way you broke down the relationship between those different subtle realms, like the astral and the etheric and the perpendicularity of the material, was really crystalline. Um, it lands really well for me. I mean, thank you. Adam was reflecting, I'd say, like the juiciness of that transmission and the term quantum coherence came up. Mm. And I kind of agree, like Adam was saying, that that term feels related to the interplay. Um, I'm just kind of curious if you feel anything coming up around the relationship between quantum coherence and quantum coherence and some of the geometries you were laying down. Yeah, actually, I do. It's it's funny because I'm like I offered it as, as a transmission in field tuning, but like the gnosis of these metaphysical realities, I remember downloading them in I think it was 28 no 27 nope 2016 when I was <laughs> taking a quantum physics course at university and like mm. also studying some Sufi quantum lore that was like adjacent to this, like the knowledge and the curriculum that I was getting from my professor. I kind of like married it to the metaphysical laws that I was learning from that Sufi lens at that time. And so for me, it it checks out, like not cause I'm like, oh, it feels like, yeah, like that's what I'm experiencing. I, it And that wouldn't take away from a transmission, but I feel like it's been, like this metaphysical gnosis has been something I've been trying to hoping to like crystallize in my own awareness. Um, And so, yeah, like quantum coherence really aligns because I also feel like when I point to the astral, what I'm pointing to is like this iteration or this interaction point um, or umbilical cord, let's say that all bodies kind of come, come with come like pre primed, with um but that it's basically like to me a yeah same (laughs) this is so vast (laughs) but i'm like (laughs) part of me feels like um that's the connection that we have to the cosmos and um the etheric realm to me feels like the umbilical cord that we connect to our earth and earth lineages through and to um so it does feel like Honestly, for me, like the outlook that I see when it comes to like this idea of quantum coherence, for me, mm-hmm. it kind of colors why things like the new year or this holiday season were really difficult for some people mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of people are craving and maybe even afraid to admit that they're lacking quantum coherence, which is totally okay. But I wow. think that that's kind of like, Predictively speaking, the next quantum, the next leap or timeline jump that Mm. is available for a lot of people, because that's also another thing that came up in field tuning was like this idea of taking the next 60 days to cultivate a quantum reality. And Mm. then after those 60 days are up, living in that quantum reality. So it's like, yeah, (laughs) it's a bit too old. That's a sick TLDR, I'd say. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess like 
I mean, I'm holding space while Adam's typing because maybe he has some like follow-ups to what you're talking about, the talking point that he raised. But, you know, I think like something that I feel like in some ways, like our guides have kind of co-developed, whether it's like, uh, sort of like, yeah, like a semantic geometry that relates to terms like alignment and resonance, resonance mm -hmm. and um, perpendicularity and coherence. And I would say like the way that I'm going to kind of break it down right now is like, I think that I tend to say that things feel aligned where most people would say that something resonates with them because the way I think about resonance is like, you know, I think about the Coma Narrows bridge, which had a resonant frequency, which was frighteningly close to the frequency of winds that were gusting through the Tacoma Narrows, which caused mm -hmm. that bridge to become unstable and eventually break and i feel like if you've ever seen a video or, or a gif of like a bridge which is like you know undulating up and down like several mm -hmm. meters or you know 10 15 feet at a time and then maybe you've seen like some guy in a bowler hat trying to walk on the bridge while it's doing this and you've seen cars getting like turned upside down and shit like that's what that's what resonance connotes to me is like when someone resonates with another person, I would say that they pretty much always get dysregulated in some way. <laughs> Whereas I think that a lot of the time when people say that resonating with something, they're really speaking about alignment. And when I say alignment, I mean that my perspective is not necessarily the same as the other person's, but we're looking in the same direction without mm. any conflict. Um, and I think, like, you know, since we're talking about, like, the mysticism of sound and music in the Shari Way book club, I'd say that that's pretty aligned with the idea of harmonization, right? Like, you're not singing the same series of notes, but they complement one another and they don't clash. And then I would say that the term perpendicular, which I'm pretty sure I first heard from you in the context of, like, um, relating how perspectives relate to one another is I would say that things are perpendicular if they pass through the same point, mm. but then expand into a different dimension. Yes. So it's like if you and I can relate on several aspects or characteristics of a given experience or context, and then we can say more about how that context was created by and or informs experience going forward, and the either or both of like the pre-existing experience or the experience which came after that context feels non-conflicting and also like it expands in a way that is true to i'm gonna say experiences that align with the experiences of either and or both our earth ancestors and sky ancestors then i would call that perpendicularity um, I'm really enjoying breaking this down. I've broken it down in a tweet before. But I'm having fun right now. And then yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll say like, okay, so if we're talking about alignment being sort of like the journey of a single perspective or a single thread of a perspective being non-conflicting with another one and taking in this like, and being consonant, like, taking in observations that complement one another i'll mm -hmm. say that like coherence represents when 
multiple perpendicular dimensions of two perspectives are aligned. So it's almost like not only are they kind of in line, but they kind of like wrap around each other without mm. conflict. Um, and I feel like the way I want to relate this and kind of like transcend the boundary between talking about in, almost in like a metaphorical way about how perspectives relate, relate to other and like transcend that boundary and take it into like the realm of like quantum physics is that I feel that mm, we've been talking a little bit about this working theory called orchestrated objective reduction, which is being worked upon by Sir Roger Penrose and 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 these this is two I can't remember the name of right now. Um, but yeah, I would say that material reality or like causality, I believe, occurs when there is like a collapse of consciousness. And I would say that the collapse of consciousness occurs when there is like not exactly coherence but like conflict between possible perspectives and i'd say like coherence allows us to experience um yeah i want to say like consonance or harmony or even like what some people might colloquially refer to as like feeling seen and or heard mm -hmm. without necessarily creating the action of collapse or um, the reification of karma. Um, but I would say, yeah, like when there is a significant amount of conflict between two experiences, then I would say that that tends to lead to resonance which tends to lead to dysregulation which tends to lead to like the action that is referred to by the word karma and yeah really curious if anyone has please disagree <laughs> <coughs> please disagree <laughs> I'm holding space. I'm holding space to see if there are other perspectives, but I'm finding it difficult to disagree because I feel like, I guess I'll reflect a little bit. I feel like um, not only were you like tracing a very like complete picture, but it also kind of brought in references um, to other conversations we've been having in the broom, like um, what you said about Mr. Penrose, like there's a whole thread about it in library that includes a video, which I tagged in the chat. Um, you know, there's also field tuning, but there's like, I feel like also speaking to like the living containers that are like constantly turning this, um, this polarity, like on its head and around. And so it's like, I'm also finding it hard to disagree because I feel like it's a constant ongoing conversation <laughs> that I'm having like, mm. with myself, with my guys, mm -hmm. like to determine what that is, like what is coherence. What does it feel like? Um, how does that get shared across multiple different perspectives? Um, and also mm -hmm. speaking to, yeah, like the interference part of it. Like, mm -hmm. I wish I could be like Adam, because Adam said in the chat earlier, like all, all interference can be good or whatever. And like an opportunity <laughs> to refine. And I'm like, yeah, sometimes it feels like interference speaks to like a glitch in the 
in that, the pursuit of coherence. Um, and that made it kind of brings me to, you know, what you said about resonance pointing to dysregulation. Um, cause it's something that I, I'd say I witness in myself all the time and like my own perspective and experience. And so I wonder, yeah, I'm just holding space. I wonder how that lines up for other people as well. Like mm. if you're able to see resonance the same way after this, good fucking luck, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dang. I mean, I'll say like, yeah, sometimes it hurts for me, but I think overall the arc of my spiritual progress bends towards believing that what you said is true is that like resonance resonance i don't know why i keep saying resonance instead of resonance it must be like a freudian slip of some sort and i'll investigate it but um you know i think that ultimately resonance is necessary so that we can cohere more smoothly um mm. and i won't say that it always helps us to cohere more smoothly but I think that it's kind of like the idea of stretch goals, which I think comes from like either and or both like the field of education and Jimbo culture, which is like, you don't want to like try to lift something which is too heavy for you. And that's going to cause you to like injure yourself, but you want something which is like a little bit more than you're maybe completely comfortable with. Um, so that, you can build capacity and I feel like resonance can have that effect where it stretches us, it helps us build capacity, it helps us to see karmic accumulation, which is responsible for that resonance, so we can resolve it and have those experiences um, in a way that doesn't kick up resonance. Um, but then also I think that like sometimes the interference is too much for some of us and you know, like a lot of people kind of go off the deep end or they enter a downward spiral for some period of time. Mm -hmm. um and some people never get out of it but you know I, I pray that at least in the broom and at least like in any container i find myself in that i can do what is aligned to, to you know participate in obstructing any kind of downward spiral for anybody mm -hmm. <laughs> um i think that I guess like the other thing that I find lacking about what I was saying about um, alignment, resonance, coherence, and perpendicularity is that I don't think it really spoke to as much as I would have liked to have spoken to what you were saying about um, the alignment of the astral and the etheric mm. and the material. Um, but I think like, yeah, I was kind of probing it a little bit while I was speaking and you know, what kind of stuck out from what I was transmitting before was what I said about coherence causing the arising of what sometimes people call like feeling heard and feeling seen. Mm -hmm. And I think the way it relates to the alignment of the astral and the etheric and the material is that, yes, I think we're talking about like perpendicular dimensions there. And I think that's why I think coherence is maybe a little more apt or like all encompassing than alignment in itself. But I agree mm. that coherence is an arising of multidimensional alignment. I think that's consistent with both of the things, both of what both of us have been saying about it. And then I would say that um, in addition to that, that yeah, I think like there are different components of our physical bodies from which components of our subtle bodies 
caused the arising of these realms that we refer to as like the astral and the etheric and of course the material <laughs> and then yeah like our perception of the material which some lineages call the causal and that I think that for alignment or coherence, alignment to occur between those um, those realms in our bodies, and therefore, in order for coherence to occur, the constituents of our physical and metaphysical bodies have to be in community with one another, or in crystalline communication with one another, or. Um, <laughs> what could i say they have to make each other feel heard and feel seen for coherence to occur. and Oof. you know that's not to say that like when people are not crystalline that they don't experience anything but i think that it's probably fair that they to say that they don't experience reality Mm. And I think that's kind of like a Chad spiritual thing to say, but I think that it kind of shows up in many different lineages, which is to say, and like even non-religious or non-spiritual lineages, which is to say that like most of the time, even though we experience something that feels concrete, I'll say that the interpersonal verifiability of what we experience with other persons is not 100%. (laughs) Like this, this is why people are often made to feel, or often feel like they're made to feel gaslit by other people, right? Is because like we're experiencing mm-hmm. different realities. There is a lack of feeling seen or feeling heard between separate human beings, which I would say probably arises from, you know, probably both of those separate human beings having a lack of feeling seen or feeling heard amongst the constituents of their vessels in the physical and the metaphysical. Mm. I'm just going to pause to read what Adam said. Mm. So Adam's done some research, which I, I, I admire the diligence. And I almost, I definitely wish sometimes I was more called to read what other people have written. But I'll, I'll, I'll read, quote, quantum computation works by manipulating the quantum interference effect. We discussed at the beginning of this chapter that quantum interference, a manifestation of coherent superposition of quantum states, is the cornerstone behind all quantum information tasks such as quantum computation and quantum communication. A major source of problems is our inability to prevent our quantum system of interest from interacting with the surrounding environment. This interaction results in an entanglement between the quantum system and the environment, leading to decoherence. Unquote. Um, yeah, I feel like this feels aligned with what I was, or what we've been transmitting, or you know what's been coming through the portal that all of us are holding. Um, I think there's a little bit of a conflict between this definition of quantum hit interference as a manifestation of coherent superposition of quantum states mm-hmm. and what i've been saying um i'm trying to like compute in my quantum computer which is my body um hmm. well for I me it feels like, like- go, on, Sorry. go on please to point to the fact that it's i appreciate adam for sharing this 
Um, but this is a language about coherence and superposition about quantum computation. So I don't know if it's actually accounting for like quantum realities. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, feel something in this about string theory coming up. But yeah, that is, that's what I wanted to say. Go on, Nova. I just feel like what I was saying about, which kind of feels like touchy-feely or soft about like feeling seen and feeling heard, it's, it's sort of like this kind of liminal zone between like what's been called quantum in- interference and co- coherence superposition here, where I'd say like, you know, we create like what feels like a, a quote coherent unquote reality through entanglement. Where, yeah, I think like, and I think this aligns with what you're saying. It's like, we can feel seen and feel heard in the sense that like, we don't have to, and we kind of have to not see exactly the same thing, but we can feel like multi-dimensional alignment between our perspectives, even with regard to things which are not spoken in material terms. Um, and there's a recognition there, which I wouldn't call incoherent. And I think the crux of like the conflict between what I was saying and what I just read from what Adam posted is that I think that what they're defining as coherent relates to like what I would call like a collapsed state. Um, whereas I feel like what I was and maybe what we were referring to as coherent relates to like at least the partially uncollapsed state or a state which still affords space for harmonious differentiation. Yeah, I think Adam's speaking to this when he says, what if our, quote, expectations, unquote, are flipped? What we deem as incoherent, open parens, multiple overlapping realities, closed parens, is actually coherence, and the collapse of the wave is incoherence. Yes, I think that's a very clean way of saying what I was trying to say. <laughs> no, it feels really helpful, I agree. Um. <laughs> it's hysterical to me that we're talking about this stuff. Um. <laughs> In Roundup, nonetheless. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like there's more for me to meditate on with regard to this subject, but I don't think it's going to resolve while we're still talking about this. So I'm just going to like let my body work on it and hold space for for y'all. <laughs> Thanks for joining too. I guess there's a question forming for me, and I don't know mm-hmm. if it's my question, but it feels like it's in the container. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, like, not to sum this up, because I do know some of us, like you said, no, but we'll be working on this, like, in our meditations and, like, just processing this somatically. 
But I just wonder if like there needs to be or if there is a call to a collective understanding of quantum states so that like I don't know if if it feels like the question is like so like in order to get to new earth do people have to know about quantum physics is what I'm like feeling. And so I'll just like pose that question, not just to you, but like to the container. Um, <laughs> Adam says, God, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it has to be that way for me either, but I'm curious what y'all think. Hmm. I guess like, I'm just kind of meditating on like parts of me that don't feel comfortable with the idea that the sorts of like extraction and um, I mean like chaos, which I feel like we've witnessed on Earth, end up being labeled as like coherent. Like I I want there to be like astral or semantic space for something which is like more harmonious. Mm -hmm. And I believe or I feel like there is space for it within the umbrella of the term coherence. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like I've been always, you know, I'm always, I feel like being moved to be more liberal and more flexible and agile when it comes to using the terms that people show up with in order to connect with them. So it's like, yeah, you know, if quantum physics is talking about this being coherent, it's like, let's get another term, I guess. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, I agree with what Adam's saying that I feel, you know, Adam says, I feel like quantum physics is a subset of English language that can help bridge the gaps between the religion of science with more ancient religions. I'll share. It's funny. I, I, feel, um, I guess I'm reflecting on how I said, please disagree. And then quantum physics showed up via Adam and disagreed with me. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, so we were talking about field tutor, then we went like somewhere else. Um, <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I mean, this stuff was definitely happening in the old years, but Happy New Year nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> happy New Year. And then Happy New Year again in the Year of the Dragon, according to, you know, I'd say like the East Asian lunar calendar, because I think there are other lunar calendars which celebrate the New Year at a different time. I mean, one of the cool conversations that was happening in the broom, which doesn't fit into like only our summary of the live sessions was, I feel like a, a conversation between um, Lena and I about the Hebrew calendar, which I was shocked that I'd never looked into it before. Mm -hmm. But um, just like reading about the reconciliation between the diurnal calendar or the solar cycle calendar and the lunar calendar, and like the math and the processes of reconciling 
those yeah those sets of cycles well just those cycles i'll say um was really interesting to me i don't know if anybody else got to catch that conversation or if they want to share anything about it but um <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, I saw, but yeah, (laughs) no, I I didn't have anything to say about it. See the combo, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think it was really affirming to see this like assertion that one day in the body of the God that we're a part of. I mean, I ad-libbed a little bit of that, but like one day in the body of God is like a thousand years at the human level, which I think like, I don't know if like that exact math is aligned for me, but like the overall idea that there are different envelopes of time within Mm. and without the bodies or time beings. yeah like that it, it that exactly it connects back to the, the six days of creation in six thousand years which is when the um the messianic age i think it's called is supposed to start um but yeah that was really cool because i'd never read about it before and it just seems to align with like my direct experience with these crazy ass spirits um <laughs> And I don't know, I'm kind of, I guess I'm kind of feeling cold to ask if there's a lot of stuff that we could be rounding up, but I'm curious if anybody wants to actually round up anything else before we relieve Craigie Craig of his duties and close his container. I mean, we did rebrand the broom radio, so it's like there's less ambiguity between the broom as like a common area and the broom as sort of like the outward facing, I want to say like shop window (laughs) or like content station or like free sample station for this community. And then we kind of branded like the inner sanctum or the member area or the content area as the path. And I know that's probably confusing, but I would like to say that, yeah, like, I mean, I think like we always want to offer as much as we can publicly because we feel like it has value. And also I think like, the more that we offer things publicly, the more opportunity that we have to refine. And I think that making the broom like the external facing facet, let's say, of this community makes sense to me. And then I feel like the pot being sort of like an area that people have to kind of like commit to either like monetarily or with energy. Um, which I would say is sort of like an area where we can like gestate like earth codes 
and cosmic codes so that they can be processed as content which makes its way into the public via the broom from the pot that all makes sense to me <laughs> adam says if the commons is the pot then some of these containers could be described as soup i think that's exactly right <laughs> cups of soup coming out of the alchemical pot that's always changing by the ingredients being added to it <laughs> and there's a reference to an adam driver gif that i've never seen but i do love adam driver he's like a human version of like alf for me mm. There it is. <laughs> I mean, House of House of is that House of Gucci? That film that came out that he was in. I feel like people shat all over that film, but I thought he was hilarious in that film. <clears throat> he was also very good in Patterson, which is like one of the more recent Jim Jarmusch films. Mm -hmm. Um. <laughs> but yes the soup and yeah we're, you know we have plans to try and build out the broom as like a public face of this community and i think that we have plans to make the pot a more yeah more contained area where people who want to contribute to the broom and also earnestly want to experience refinement and you know contribute to other people's refinement and also want to support the broom um, can find ways to do that and yeah please shout out if you're curious or if you feel like it's a horrible idea or anything <laughs> of that nature um yeah i feel like we're pretty good at holding space with disagreement um <laughs> there have been some workings on this thing that we've called the safety way and i feel like there's been some like meta workings in the sense that we've been having very interesting conversations about what work is and yeah. how we want to work and you know how we want to work on this thing that we call safety so i'm looking forward to sharing more about that really soon and i'm going to return to my work in progress on that front right after this container unless there's another container i'm supposed to be a part of which has slipped my mind um does anybody else want to say anything about that i just wanted to say um <laughs> i'm really um excited and looking forward to wait one second i thought i had to sneeze um i'm excited <laughs> and looking forward to this evolution of the broom from like a spiritual watering hole to this like public facing brand um that like i don't think it's going to lose its essence from being like a spiritual watering hole but i think um yeah just like kind of we're doing now like recording um these containers and like having this like market or like place in the world market um mm -hmm yeah it just feels really aligned and it also like i think i think also too what i've been sensing into is that it speaks to like the personal refinement that's been happening um mm. for people 
And so like, for me, it's like, for me, it's honestly a celebration when like, there is like coherence and things are like produced and like the content that's being put out there is reflective of like earnest work that's happening. Right. Cause I do think that there's like content cycle. That's like, Oh my God, we got to like put stuff out there to like remain relevant. And like, mm. it hasn't felt like that for me at all. I mean, granted it's work, you know, like recording and stuff like that, but it's also like, mm. it's like helping me personally. And I'm sure for others, like see the value of how, <laughs> excuse me, how things um, <laughs> <laughs> do get cooked up in the pot for lack of better words. And so it's like, I've been, I've been like cheekily putting it out on social media. Like there's something cooking in the pot. And I know no one knows what I'm talking about yet, but I think that that's <laughs> fine. Cause it's also mm -hmm. like, there's, there's still content coming out. So it's not entirely mysterious, but um, mm -hmm. I, I do feel like it speaks to like a deeper evolution. Um, and so it's, it makes me really excited to like be a part of this and like be contributing to it. Cause it, it's helping me personally so it's definitely helping me i mean i feel like a lot of the ideas that i've held on to and even like yeah like i'd say like accumulated more recently have had <laughs> to like transform like be rewritten you know to touch back into that theme of you mm. know changing of the gods let's say <laughs> um <laughs> and like i wouldn't yeah i mean it's always juicy it's not always comfortable but like I said, I feel like my capacity for like grounding and relating to people improves every single time. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, we had a kind of conversation about like, you know, before Adam posted the first, I'd say like, not the first episode of Archetypal Hour, but the first episode of Archetypal Hour to make it to the podcast. Mm -hmm. We had a conversation about you know, how necessary it is to like, make sure that people are kind of like up on all the things that we talk about. And I think it was Tiff who said like, you know, there's, there's always a kind of like, you had to be there vibe um, <laughs> to these containers. And I think that's just right. Cause I think that the idea that we can be completely up to date on anything before, well, the fact that the idea that we can be completely up to date on anything, I think is like bogus and stops a lot of people from engaging with things because they feel like they have to do their homework before they get stuck Ooh. in. And it's like, no, I mean, like we're never going to be up to date on anything. That shouldn't stop anybody from getting involved. I feel like all that does is accentuate discrepancies between like the way that different lineages can engage in the overculture because Let's face it, like the overculture is mostly something that like a few lineages are completely up to date on and many have been sort of like pushed out of being up to date on. And then, you know, like it's a mystery, I think, to all of us, like how some of these things have kind of like started to explicate or unfold. Um, and I think that it's a delicious way to build faith. Um, and I also think that if we only operate from what we know conceptually, then we are completely beholden to demons. Oh. And yeah, I'd say that like being connected to something which is like vaster than that, which can be articulated or understood through thought forms is sort of like a prerequisite for, oh. um, yeah, I would say like channeling the divine. 
being in alignment and or coherence with the all that is. Don't tell quantum physics I use the term coherence in a way which is incoherent with its use of the term coherence. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> <laughs> quantum physics can hear you. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I pinned, I pinned the message here where it was like, you were thanking me for a donation, which I made to, I think it was probably the Sharia Way book club. I can't tell by the date right now, but I didn't pin that so everybody knows that I donated, but I did pin it because I want people to know that like, yeah, like all the work that we're doing, while it is a way that I think a lot of us refine individually, I'd still say that it takes a lot of time and a lot of energy to hold these containers and then also do like the kind of grunt work of like organizing votes and actioning votes and holding meetings and taking notes and writing down action items to coordinate all the work that happens in the broom and then to do the work of like downloading things and processing them and treating them and uploading them and describing them and then do the work of marketing them on all of these broadcast parasocial media platforms um so you know like i'm not trying to be like oh like i suffer so much but i think that yeah like you were saying earlier i think it's useful for people to know how much energy goes into producing this kind of stuff yeah and you know i sense that it benefits people i, I guess otherwise people wouldn't be like here um mm -hmm. and i think that yeah we always want to make it easier for people to support things that benefit them so that they can continue to benefit from them. And I feel oh, like that includes just calling out that like a lot of our work is completely donation supported right now. So, oh, um, you know, if you want to donate to any of us who you feel are putting in work that you are benefiting from somehow, then please let us know. And we will probably have to dismember ourselves because I think a lot of us are not very good at asking for money. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully after we dismember ourselves, we will let you know. And yeah, I'd love to be supported for some of this work and I'd love for more of us to be supported for some of this work too. Um, is there anything that anybody else wants to say about donations and stuff? Definitely aligns. Just Ashe from me. Ashe from me. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna jump back into it. It's like, can you tell that I still have work to dismember myself about when it comes to getting my work supported? Um, yes, that's a great idea to put our payment channels in this episode's description. You can donate while I'm dismembering so. <laughs> Yes, please. That that would also be appreciated. Um, I'm gonna put my my hat in that ring too. Um, yeah, I mean, Adam says I stepped away for a moment. I came back to some damn powerful stuff, and then yeah, I feel like I'm feeling pretty complete. Um, how are y'all feeling? 
this was this was a great conversation and I'm I'm glad it was on record. Oh yeah, I do have to tell Craig to stop and then I will talk to Lexi about getting this on the podcast because I feel like um I feel like it belongs there. Um cool. So thanks y'all for joining us for Roundup. I feel like it was a lot of fun. I hope it was of benefit to people. I hope that people who experienced or expressed that they were experiencing benefit were being honest. And I'm going to say goodbye to Craig. And then shortly after, I'll say goodbye to y'all. But thanks for listening in. And we'll put some details about how you can, like, follow along and engage with the broom and the pot into the description for this episode. Thanks, y'all. Peace.